This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. We make history on today's show. The two youngest guests in the history of fishing Paul Bunyan country are here to talk about the upcoming United Way Fishing Tournament presented by Lucan's Village Foods. Plus, Steve Sapaniak's in to talk muskies, and proud mom Danae Alamano has the detail on the upcoming tournament as well. It's all coming up. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing in the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. A history-making conversation today on the show. The two youngest guests ever on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, because we are talking about the United Way of Bemidji Area's fishing tournament. And one of the things that makes the United Way Fishing Tournament presented by Lucan's Village Food so unique is the vast ages that can be part of it now. A lot of fishing tournaments have father-sons and father-grandsons and things like that involved, and granddaughters and daughters, but very seldom do you get to have a couple of guys this young in the tournament. We have Sam and Joe joining us. Uh, Sam is nine, Joe is seven. Guys, thanks for being here today. Welcome. You're welcome. So, not only are guys this young able to be in a tournament like this, uh, it's kind of what we're encouraging, and in fact... Uh, Sam, at nine years old, is a champion. So, Sam, let's talk about uh, how you won the championship last year. Are you willing to tell us where you were fishing? No. <laughs> well, he has learned quick. <laughs> well, okay, but you were fishing for what, bass or walleyes? Bass. Okay. Tell us about at least the day, uh, how it went. Um, It went pretty good. Who's your partner, by the way? Dick Beardsley. Well, you're fishing with a pretty good guy there, right? Mm-hmm. Do you fish with Dick a lot? Uh, yeah. And is it always bass fishing? Um, no. So what else have you guys fished for? Uh, crappie and perch. Okay. 
We'll get back to the uh, the bass fishing in just a minute, but let's bring Joe in here for a second. Joe, have you fished in this tournament before? Yes. Who did you fish with? My grandpa. How'd you guys do? Good. Did you uh, did you catch a lot of fish? No. But it was good anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and are you fishing with Grandpa again this year? No. <gasps> grandpa has been fired. Who are you fishing with this year, Joe? My dad. Uh, and your dad's name is? Orlando. Does Orlando know how to fish, or are you going to be teaching him how to fish? He knows how to fish. Is he better than Grandpa? No. Oh. <laughs> so so you, you're doing this as kind of a charity case? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is going in, you know, into the world for posterity. At your wedding, they'll probably play this back. Yeah. All right, Sam, let's talk about you once again. Uh, you, you won the tournament last year. What was your biggest fish and who caught it? Um, Dick caught it. Okay. How many of the, of the fish did you catch? Most of them. Most of them, but he caught the big one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what lake was that again? Um, Lake Nanya. <laughs> wow, he has been trained well. There's no doubt. Joe, what was the biggest fish you caught? Did you catch it or did uh, Grandpa catch it last year? I caught it. You caught it. Were you guys bass fishing too? Yeah. How many times a year do you get to out fishing? I don't know. Does he fish more than you? Does Sam fish more than you? Yeah. He's he's kind of a fish head, huh? Yeah. What is it you like about fishing, Sam? Um, you get to catch them. <laughs> How did you get started in fishing? Got to be buds with Dick Beardsley? Mm-hmm. And you decided of the two things Dick does, fishing was better than running? Yeah. People spend a lot of money to fish with Dick Beardsley, and, and you get to do it on a regular basis. So how did you meet Dick and make that work? Um, uh, my mom brought me fishing with Dick Beardsley, and uh, when we went fishing, we became good friends. And he just decided that uh, he wanted to take you out whenever he had an opportunity? Mm-hmm. What do you do to be friends with Dick Beardsley like that? Because I, I want that gig. Um, I don't know. Be nicer than me, be as nice <laughs> as you. Is that what it comes down to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to talk and eat licorice. <laughs> you won the um, multi-generational championship last year. What did, what was the prize for that? Um, the Lifetime's Fishing License. And it appears that you probably will use that a lot over the course of your life. Mm -hmm. You're going to make sure from now until you're 80 or 90, you're just going to use that license over and over and over again? Yeah. How often do you guys go out? Two times a month. Oh, wow. Is bass your favorite fish to catch? Yeah. Are you already planning to be on the lumberjack fishing team down the road? Yeah. If you had to give me some advice, if I was going to be in this tournament, I know you're not going to tell me the lake, I'm not even going to ask, but if I was going to be in this tournament, and I was going to do bass. Where should I be on the lake? What should I be looking for, and what should I use? Um, you should use plastic worms, and uh, you should be in little bays with lots of weeds and lily pads. Joe, do you concur? Do you agree with that? Yeah. Sam and Joe, the two youngest people ever to be on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, thanks for being here today. Welcome. You're welcome. Coming out later in the show, we'll tell you how you and your crew can get involved in the Lucan's Village Foods United Way of Bemidji Area Fishing Tournament. But up next, we're going to find out how things have been on Mille Lacs the last couple of weeks with Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service.
I'm Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service, and I catch fish bigger than Kev Jackson on a daily basis. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissel Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk a little musky. Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. And Steve, uh, one of the challenges uh, we've had the last few weeks is is weird weather. We've either had extreme heat or extreme wind. It uh, looks like today, though, we finally got something near perfect out there. Well, it's about time, Kevin. <laughs> like you said, one extreme to another. I mean, we had that terrible rain on Monday evening on Mille Lacs. Uh, over two inches of rain in one one fall, mm-hmm. and uh, water temperature dropped the next day five to six degrees. Five to six degrees. That's that's just a total turnaround from what we're used to having, you know. But like you said, one extreme to another. So why should things change? But yes, today is a good. It's a God blessing. We have decent weather today, and a person can actually go outside and have a good time. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, how has all this nonsense affected fishing for you guys? It, it really has affected it. I know the muskies were having a difficult time finding anything decent size in the uh, bays. I think everything has probably went into hiding underneath the milfoil or in the cabbage weeds, or they have left the shallow water bays in search of uh, deeper water. You know, a lot of these bays are going 16, 18 feet, you know, and it's uh, that's plenty deep, you know, for all year round for the muskies, Kevin, but... I think it's the extreme heat, cold days that happen, cold nights that happen. Like you said, one extreme to the other. It's pretty much got everything sort of uh, hard to catch, hard to find, let's say. Muskies, northern pike, walleye, smallmouth bass are about the only things that have been steady, consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else has been the last week, week and a half has been up and down. And right now we're facing a downside that's not fun as a guide. But, you know, you can't fight Mother Nature. She's going to win every time. You know the, uh, the the walleyes and the you know bass and you know smaller fish. They're all affected by wind. How much does wind affect muskies? You know, it all depends, Kevin. You know, it, it has to be a very strong, strong wind. We're thought we're talking thirty, thirty-five miles plus for a long period of time. You know, for it to start affecting the muskies. What happens though, like on Mille Lacs Lake, if you've got a strong wind of thirty miles plus for two, three days coming from the north end. Believe it or not, it raises that south end by two to three feet, and the north end drops two to three feet. And that stays consistent for three days, four days, while it does the dishpan effect back and forth. It rolls back and forth, you know, and finally after four days it subsides. But uh, the strong wind, I don't think, affects the muskies, the big pike, or the walleyes as much as it does the shallower fish like bass and panfish, you know. The strong wind can really get things turned up in the water, and uh, basically the panfish basically love it because it's getting all the other crustaceans, aquatic crustaceans, getting active. You've got uh, stuff fall, falling in off the trees. You've got other things falling, worms falling into the water, and they're going to be biting like crazy. Uh, once the word gets out to the rest of the fish, like the muskies and northern and the walleyes, that you know the strong winds are driving the panfish crazy, that's when they move into the shells to take advantage of the smorgasbord that happens. And it's just the food chain. 
uh, strong winds. In fact, the muskies and pike and walleye, not so much. You know, it just makes it harder for the fishermen to fish. Yeah, it, that's a fact. And 100 degree temps will do that as well. Um, prior to the weirdness, uh, how was the fishing? Fantastic. It was incredible, Kevin. I'm not kidding you. We had, um, oh, last Friday, a good example. I had uh, Tom Trist and his friend. We had 12 hits from muskies and 12 follows. And it was just, you know, one thing after another. Things were going good. But it's been a weird season, you know, as far as people getting hooks in them. If everybody would have got the hooks into the fish, I bet you right now we'd have at least 40 of them since opening a couple of weeks ago. Boy, that's how it's been. We're getting, I put my people on the fish. They're getting the hits, but they're just not getting the hooks in them. And a lot of my clients, Kevin, are quick, very quick and very strong. And uh, there's no reason not to get the hooks in them, but you know what? Like I tell everybody, a muskie can spit out that lure in a hundredth of a second. When you got that kind of competition, the man is always going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what kind of sizes are you seeing? Uh, we I say the biggest one so far is 53 inches, Kevin. You know, we have not seen any of those big giants. You know, the 56 to 60 inch, 62 inches. They're there. It's just, this was a goofy year. They got stressed out. Although I'd like to add something, too. I found out through the grapevine, and the grapevine I have is pretty, pretty reliable. Uh, True Giant was hooked last week, or a, week over, a little over a week ago, and uh, it stripped the line completely. Mm. The guy that you know had it, he gave the rod and reel to a client, and the client stood there, and the line was stripped out completely. They found the line in the water. They tried to wrap it around the hand and just about, just about had the line go right down to the bone. And this fish has been shocked a couple of times in studies. And it's safe to say this fish was, and I hope it still is alive, I hope it is, the new world record. Mm. If somebody can just haul it in. Well, yes, they <laughs> could just haul it in. I think, you know, now here's, here's a hint for everybody. If you love to fish big fish or you catch one by pattern or you catch one by accident, folks, be ready with that motor. That fish is going to take off quick, and you've got to have that main motor run it and follow it. I know that's something 95% of the people never heard of or thought of, but like that one we got last year, June 9th, that was over well over 50 pounds. I followed it, I followed it 10 times with the main motor. And I think if the person in charge of that boat you know, probably would have done the same thing, maybe had a chance to get the big one. But then again, too, who knows? I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I'm sure everything went good. It's just the luck of the draw. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, uh, that's, well, that's fishing. I mean, what else can you say? Yeah, it is. You know, like I said, put the odds in your favor. Loosen up that drag once you got a big one on. Have the person on the main motor get ready to follow that fish, and you just might have a chance to see it. And if the good Lord is with you and all the stars are aligned and you led a previous good la uh, last life, maybe you'll even get a chance to net him. Who knows? <laughs> when it comes to really big muskies, do they hang in a different part of the lake than the average muskie? Uh, good question, Kevin. Yes, they do. They do. They're uh, they're around by deep holes that offer a lot of easy access to uh, food, to the smorgasbord, folks, let's say. Uh, what you're looking at, Kevin, is they'll hang in anywhere from 16 feet down to 30 feet, 40 feet. It all depends on the lake and everything. But uh, this one was hanging in a deep hole, and it was had easy access to shallow water cabbage, and that area was full of walleyes, smallmouth, largemouth bass, perch, panfish, it, like I said, it is virtually the smorgasbord. And that's why that fish stayed there for all those years. I mean, I knew about this one a long time ago. Never got lucky to get it. So whenever they can find a smorgasbord to feed on, 
they'll hang in that area. Then you always got the uh, nomads, we call them. They roam the main basin of the lake continuously. They're in search of whitefish and tulipy, and they follow the whitefish and tulipy around. Now, when fall comes, October full moon, November full moon, Kevin, is when the musky spawn, uh, excuse me, tulipy and whitefish spawn. So they come back into the shallows. And if you're lucky enough to start casting around those rock reefs, you're going to see some musky come up. Follow your lure, hopefully. And they're about as white as white can be because they're in the dark water of the main basin all spring, summer, and fall, and they have no color left. So they appear to be white. And I tell you what, I've seen some awful, awful big white streaks coming through the water anywhere from 50 inches up to 60 inches. And you know what? That's what makes it all exciting and fun. One of the things historically, and I mean, when I first started doing this show a long, long time ago, and you talk to musky guys, and they really wouldn't say, they wouldn't have much to tell you until after the 4th of July. Well, we're getting close to the 4th of July now, so it should kick up a, a bit. But the other thing is, uh, I've noticed as more and more people musky fish, as we get better and better electronics and smarter and smarter and pass that information along easily on the Internet, we're seeing more and more people catching muskies earlier and earlier in the season, too. Almost definitely, Kevin. You had a very good point. Nothing really got going or said about musky fishing until after the 4th of July. I was the same way. You know, I never really got going guiding until after the 4th, you know. But the last 8 to 10 years, whether it be global warming or not, I don't know. But the water temperatures have been coming on pretty easy and strong at the early season, uh, early part of June. So we're looking at temperatures that got the muskies into the shallow water much sooner for spawning. And after they spawn, they hung around for two to three weeks in that area where they spawn to start putting on the feed bag, you know, and they had such a smorgasbord to choose from. And that's where we're seeing all these huge fish, you know. Uh, good fishing lasted for us two weeks, and then uh, up and down weather hurt. You know, normal years, which I'm talking the last eight to ten, you could have a whole month of those big muskies hanging in the shallow water. Uh, like I said, right now, I think they're on the secondary structure going over towards a deeper section and everything because of all the weird weather we are having. You know, you mentioned uh, smorgasbord, and that is kind of the key, um, and really, for any fish is, you know, if they're, if you're in a lake that's got plenty of food, it's a little tougher um, to get, make them think what you have is something they need to pursue. Exactly. I mean, it's hard to compete with a natural live bait. It really is. But, you know, I think there's that old saying, you know, about lures, Kevin, 95% are made to catch fishermen, not fish. And that's so true. But <laughs> there's a lot of lures out there that has have been for us over the many, many years fantastic. And, you know, that's one thing about muskies. You know, you always hear uh, me talk about a follow or you hear other muskie men uh, mention a follow and everything. But what that is, folks, is you have a lure, you cast it out, and you work it. If you work it correctly or if it looks appealing to them, they'll follow the lure into the boat to take a look at it. And uh, a lot of times, if you're quick enough, Kevin, to make a big figure eight in the water, and I'm not saying stop, look at the fish, then make a figure eight. you got to be smooth and make that figure eight part of the cast retrieve. Uh, a lot of times, you got darn near a 50-50 chance they'll hit a boat side, and that's exciting. That's really, really fun. So there's a lot to be offered when it comes to muskie fishing, besides catching all the miscellaneous trophy-sized pike. And I caught my biggest walleye over 10 pounds on a suet, you know. So that's another thing that they love. Uh, colors, Kevin, for our—I shouldn't say colors. I should say baits that have been fantastic for us beginning of the season. I'll tell you, the Rad Dog and the new lineup they got is fantastic spitter baits. 
you've got a bunch of fandoms that has worked great for us over the years. Uh, some Fidelity musky candy spins have worked good. Musky mayhem lures have worked fantastic. Medusas have worked good. You know, the double cowgirls and everything like that from musky mayhem. And uh, you've got uh, musky addicts has a bunch of different lures out on the market. Suet. Nothing imitates a wounded, dying gamefish, baitfish, or prayfish better than a suet if you work it right. Uh, that's the key. Working Kevin Lures right. Most people, when they work a crankbait or a jerkbait, it's the same thing. Jerk, pause, jerk, pause. If I was a fish, I'd be bored watching that. But if you can learn to mix it up and get a good cadence going, you've got a better chance than the average guy does who's out there. You know, you uh, again, going back to the weather, the wind, the, the big rain you had, the heat, now it's cooled down. How many days of consistency does it typically take for the muskies to get back to, quote, normal, unquote? Good question again. I always find it takes anywhere from two to three days. What we need is, I'm going to sound like a broken record because the last couple of shows we've done together, I said the same thing. We need the steady warm days along with the steady warm nights. And that's going to get these fish going. It's going to turn them on, and they're going to really put on the feed bag bigger and better than ever. But when you got a warm day and then the water temperature at night drops because it's a cooler evening, you're, you're looking at a never-ending battle. I leave the lake at uh, 73 degrees, and the next morning it's down to 68. But by the time it gets midday and it's about 73 degrees again is when I start to see the fish. But I can't tell people, hey, don't show up until it's 73 degrees. We may get lucky and pop one earlier. But, yeah, two to three days, Kevin, and then things should be going normal. Warm evenings, and you're going to have fish going back to being normal status quo in the next day and a half to two days at the most. All right. Well, Steve, if we're headed out fishing either on Mille Lacs uh, or uh, any lake over in your neck of the woods and we want to give you a call, how do we uh, get set up? Oh, thank you, Kevin. Go to my website, predatorguideservice.com. Uh, take a look at some big fish. Got my home phone number there, or you can get a, get in touch with me with my cell number, 320-333-2941. I got a few days open left in July, and I got some days that are, are showing to be really good around the moon phases left. So uh, give us a call. Let's get together. I can put you on the fish. I just can't make them bite. That's up to you. <laughs> okay. Steve, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, hope it steadies out for you, and I hope you guys run into some big fish. Thank you, Kevin. My pleasure to be on your show. It's always fun. Up next, Danae Alamano, the Executive Director of the United Way of Bemidji Area, is in to talk about the details on how you can get signed up for the upcoming United Way Fishing Tournament presented by Lucan's Village Foods. This is Mandy here, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Will Pampoos and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because Kev Jackson needs all the help he can get. We are checking in with Danae Alamano because when we want to know where the fish are biting, Danae is the first person we think of, right, right. Danae? Right, yes. <laughs> I do like to fish, but nope. <laughs> no, but Danae has uh, figured out that she is in Bemidji, Minnesota, and so the United Way has done a fishing tournament for, uh, for the past two years, and this is the third annual now. Already. Isn't that crazy? 
So how did you get going with that to, be, to begin with? The fishing tournament? Yeah. It's actually Dick Beardsley's idea. Uh, he and his wife, Jill, were our campaign chairs one year. I think it was 2019. And he talked about doing a fishing tournament. We didn't get moving fast enough. But when 2020 and COVID hit, it was a great opportunity to have an app-based uh, fishing tournament. So we went for it. And this is a truly unique uh, tournament in that uh, basically you're available to fish any lake in mm-hmm. three counties, Clearwater, Beltrami, and Hubbard. Right. And and why is it those three counties? I thought that's our coverage area, the United okay. Ways coverage area. So uh, we're staying within our territory, but also giving people an opportunity to choose their lake. And there's no need to drive in for a meeting. There's no need to, mm-hmm. to do anything. You just go to the Fish Donkey app. You just register and... Uh, and you fish. Right. You take off. So pretty fun. It's a, a two-person tournament. So it's $100 a, a head to fish in the tournament. And um, we're going to have some fun this year again. <laughs> two days this year. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's coming up in July. What are the dates and the actual fishing times? Yes. The dates are July 23rd and 24th. Uh, fishing from Saturdays the 23rd, 6 a.m. to Sunday at noon. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got all day Saturday and uh, about a half day on Sunday to get right. as many big fish as you can get. Yes, yep, and we're uh, we'll be, you know, off the app. You got to measure your fish and send it in the right way, which Fish Donkey makes really clear and easy to understand. Uh, and then those are all checked by volunteers that we have checking the fish. So we'll we'll make an announcement um, as soon as we have all the fish verified. Okay, and. Uh, Basically, you get the, is it the five or six largest fish? Uh, five. The five largest fish. Mm-hmm. And because it is an app-based uh, catch-and-release tournament, mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about uh, certain um, certain over, certain under. You Mm-mm. just the five biggest, they'll register, you'll put them back in the water. Yep, yep. And I think the other beautiful thing is, uh, as we heard in the other part of the show, uh, very young kids, dads and sons and dads mm-hmm. and daughters and moms and sons and whoever, mm-hmm. you can have multiple uh, generations. Usually when uh, you, you, know, you have a tournament, it tends to be a couple of uh, aces want to get together and, and yeah. try to win this thing. But this is a... A great tournament for that family feel. Yeah, I mean, and we can't. We do have some. We have some major aces oh, yes, that do, do fish in this. But yeah, it's a great way to get kids introduced into uh, fishing tournaments and have some fun. I mean, again, you said it. We live up here, uh, getting the younger generation involved and not just fishing on the weekend with dad, which can be for mom, which can be fun. But to get into an actual tournament is a is a pretty exciting thing. You've also decided rather than just uh, like most tournaments when you are on one lake, it's for one species as well. We went with the two popular species that people are fishing for up here, walleyes and bass. Right, right. Yep. And that was decided by the committee, which we have some major fishermen on that committee (laughs) as well uh, with Aaron Schmidt and Jason Rylander and um, Tracy Pogue, some serious, I mean, with uh, Tracy's background from the... Krauss uh, tournament, the Walleye Classic, uh, we're we're off and running at this point. So the uh, if you wanted to fish for bass Mm -hmm. and walleye, you do have to register twice, right? You do have to do two entry fees. Yep, yep. You can pick which one you want to do. If you want to do both, you gotta you gotta register twice. So theoretically, if you're really really (laughs) confident in yourself, Mm -hmm. you you could go for both and you could win both. You could. 
Yes, okay. that is a possibility. It's not a great possibility, no. <laughs> but it's a possibility. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the first two years, how many uh, participants have we had? Oh, man, I wish I knew those numbers off the top of my head, but around 100 each year. Okay. So, mm-hmm. And it's two-person teams. They're fishing where they want. Uh, they're doing the app, and they're winning some cash. And we mm-hmm. have some guaranteed prizes, right? We do, yeah. There's a range of the top 10 on each side, so not just top 10 overall, but each side of the tournament um, from, I mean, based on registration, but from $3,000 grand prize down to, uh, I think, number 10 is uh, some prizes from Northwoods Bait. Um, and Acme Tools. So okay. it's it's a, a wide variety, but uh, 20 winners at least that can, well, unless you win both. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. But it, but the top prize is guaranteed. Correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. At the three grand. Okay. Level. And that's mm-hmm. not, and that's three for the walleye winner mm-hmm. and three mm-hmm. for the bass winner as well. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. And then easy to get registered. You basically just go... If you have the app already, you just choose United Way Fishing Tournament. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the app, you just go to your app store and download it free, then choose United Way. And you pay for it right there and everything. Right, yep, Fish Donkey. So it's pretty. It's really straightforward at this point, which is exciting. When we started, this was pretty complicated and new, <laughs> and now it's kinks are out and we're ready to ready to roll. Well, I mean, the Leech Lake yeah. tournament used it uh, this year. The KC uh, uh, Walleye Classic used it this year. Mm-hmm. There's been multiple area tournaments using it for the last several years. So the guys who fish tournaments, they, they've got it already. Right. But if, it's, if this is your first tournament of the year, again, it's mm-hmm. still fairly easy to do. And, yeah, you can do – I think they have you um, do some exercises so you make sure you know how to – Measure, yeah. And how to, how to take the photo correctly and how to, you know, get it – into the system. Right, right. Because we can disqualify if we can't see, you know, how, if your hand's over the measurement, we can't count that. I mean, and that's really good to know for those family teams that maybe aren't um, always fishing tournaments. Uh, It's not difficult to to sign up and you can practice how to measure, how to hold the fish up for the hero shot and all of that as well. So, And of course, um, the other thing about fish donkey, it it does know where you're fishing. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be in those three counties or you it won't count right exactly yeah and they and they know when you were fishing too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's all yeah it's all there no cheating (laughs) i would be really sad if people cheated in a united way fishing tournament right that wouldn't that yes (laughs) i agree So you, you've done this now for the, the third year. Um, obviously, it's something you want to be part of that United Way tradition going forward. Yeah, we've been, you know, the United Way has just traditionally focused on business relationships. We definitely do. That's still really important to us uh, and how we raise funds for the community. But getting to do things like the fishing tournament and the trap shooting tournament and get and women united, I mean, just totally different groups of, and sectors of people in the community involved has been really fun. So, I mean, and especially up in northern Minnesota. <laughs> yes, yes, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, yeah. um, is is this just a general fundraiser for the United Way of the Bemidji area, or is it specific to a, uh, one of your projects? It's it's a general one, so it goes straight to the campaign, which uh, you know every fall, every 
well, this one kicks off our event season, but in the fall, we is the brunt of our campaign. Uh, we raise funds for the community agencies, local agencies, then apply for that funding. And we have a very, you've been a part of it, very thorough vetting system put into place on making sure those dollars go to the places and people uh, in our community that need it most. Okay. So this is the first event mm-hmm. of the 2022 campaign. It is. Yeah. It kicks off the whole deal. Okay. <laughs> Anything else people need to know about? Uh, if you want to learn more and don't, not you know not ready to download the app, you can go to uwfishingbemidji.com or the unitedwaybemidji.org site. But uh, it pops right up with more information on the date, the rules, um, the sponsors, if someone wants to sponsor, um, and examples of even a disqualified fish so you can see what that looks like. Okay. And the other uh, cool thing worth noting is in addition to, you know, the place prizes, there is a uh, there is a specific prize for those uh, multi-generational teams. Yeah, there's uh, for the top kid, uh, they can win a lifetime fishing license um, awarded from Krause Anderson. So it's really exciting. Yeah, the kid gets a lifetime fishing license. Mm-hmm. The other guy, what does he get? Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully you placed and get some cash. <laughs> okay. All right. Danae Alamano is the executive director of the United Way of Bemidji area. The third annual United Way fishing tournament presented by Lucan's Village Foods is happening July 23rd and 24th, a Saturday and Sunday. And got to be done fishing by noon Sunday. Uh, all the information is available at uwfishing.org. UWFishingBemidji.com. Oh, oh wow. Oof. I'm sure glad UWFishingBemidji.com. I... UWFishingBemidji.com. Yes. Today, thanks for being here today. Thank you. It's a great tournament for a great cause, the third annual Lucan's Village Foods United Way of Bemidji Area Fishing Tournament. Check it out and be part of it July 23rd and 24th. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. As always, thanks for joining us. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>